This podcast is dedicated to Ashley Mazzaro. Hey folks, welcome to the Fretzelmania podcast. I am your host, Mr. Fretz, here with a new uh, news segment I'm going to be calling uh, Talking Turnbuckles. And if you can find a better name than that gimmicky awful crap, please hit me up on Twitter at the legendary JF. Otherwise, for now, it'll be Talking Turnbuckles. This is just going to be a bit of a, a mix of an episode. I'm going to be getting into a small, you know, Ashley Massaro tribute. I'm going to talk about Money in the Bank, a little bit of Monday Night Raw, uh, and just do a little bit of a peek into AEW's Double or Nothing pay, uh, pay-per-view this this weekend. Now, as we know, um, on the 16th of May, Ashley Massaro unfortunately passed away at the tragically young age of 39 now her cause of death is still up in the air um some suspect it was uh, self-inflicted uh i don't know so i'm not going to even even touch that with a 10-foot pole um you know my prayers go out to to her family you know to her daughter Thirty-nine is too damn young to go, and that's the same age, you know, as my older brother. It's uh, just you know tragic for you know wrestling fans, you know, for her colleagues and friends who knew her and loved her. Um, I think my favorite memory of Ashley Mazzaro is when she was a valet for then SmackDown Tag Team Champions Paul London and Brian Kendrick. You know, they were a personal. Favorite of, favorite of mine doing during the ruthless aggression era. You know, I remember when she tagged with them and went up against Idol Stevens, aka Damian Sandow, Casey James, and you know Michelle McCool, who was also being a valet at that point in time. Uh, I, I believe Masara was a former uh, women's champion. I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure if she was. Uh, she went on Survivor and. I'm surprised that show is actually still on the air. Uh, she was, you know, modeling, appeared in, you know, SmackDown versus Raw 2008 and 2009. And then, yeah, just just gone. I'm also reading here that she was also in Smallville as Athena. That's interesting. I went through the entire series of Smallville a couple of years ago, and I don't think I, I really noticed. Um, I know, you know some of my friends in the wrestling community, like you know Nate, uh, met her. I think on one or two occasions. Um, always talking about how you know how sweet she is and how kind she she is, and it's yeah. So you know, Ashley, you know, rest in peace. Uh, you are in a in a, b- a better place now, and I'm just going to take a moment here for her. And now, apologize for the um, for the awkward segue. I'm just going to dive right into um, 
this past Sunday's Money in the Bank event that WWE put on in Hartford, Connecticut, former home of the Hartford Whalers. And that's going to come up in conversation here later. I uh, want to give a special shout out to uh, King Ricky and uh, and Will Tyrashock from the Kings of the Rings podcast who were at the event and actually did a you know, live stream of their of part of their ride along on on Twitter on Sunday afternoon. So that brought a lot of uh, entertainment to us all. Give big shout out to you know everyone who popped in in the chat uh, and those who didn't. Uh, you know there was a funny moment. I think uh, they were trying to call uh, members of the Valkyrie on the phone, but I think there's still some residual heat there for the little um, stunt that the Kings pulled earlier this year. Um, oh, and speaking of, speaking of which, uh, also Sunday was a college graduation at Hoofstra. I'm sorry if I got that name wrong. Dusty Dave Malkowicz, congratulations on finally graduating from college, my friend. I know it was a long, hard journey for you because of uh, life and, you know, stuff that happens, right? So, I'm super proud of you, Dusty, Dave. I love you, buddy. Congratulations. Uh, Will and Ricky, you know, they did their live stream. They were talking about everything in the show and then, you know, predicting it on the way there, just just having fun with his fan, with their fans. And I, I really appreciate how how they like to do things like that once in a while. It was a it was a fun watch. If you were if you were in, in part of it, then you know what I mean. But I think you can go back on their Twitter at K-O-T-R underscore podcast and watch the replay. I think it's only an hour and a half, two hours, if that, because they recorded it in two parts. Big shout out there. So they were there. I know there are some more people from from my wrestling fam there. I just can't remember. And I actually watched uh, part of this pay-per-view event. You know, I'm, as I said before in a previous podcast, I'm on the night shift. I'm going to be on the night shift for the next few months. So uh, forewarning for all two of you who listen to this show, um, my uploading schedule is, might potentially be a lot more sporadic as the tourist season uh, starts up here uh, where I live. So without getting, without further ado, you know, we had Daniel Bryan and Rowan, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, in a non-title match against the Usos on the kickoff show why this match was on the kickoff show and why it wasn't for the titles. The wild card rule, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> now, I missed this match. I was actually, you know, I was having a nap and I decided to wake up for the start of Money in the Bank because when I found out this was on the pre-show, no offense, I love the Usos. I love Daniel Bryan. Eric Rowan, not so much. <laughs> uh, I just thought, oh, this is going to be a nonsense match. I can miss this. I can catch up on my sleep and go into work on that night. So we had, you know, the Usos were super over as faces. They've been for quite a while. They're fantastic in-ring performers. And, you know, they got the they got the non-title win for some reason. You know, they're on Raw. The Planet's champions are on SmackDown. This makes a lot of sense. The crowd was pretty hot for the finish, so, you know, they had a good match. And now to open the show, we had the women's Money in the Bank match with Bailey 
Nikki Cross, Natalia, Naomi, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, and Ember Moon. Now this was this was phenomenal. I mean, all of these ladies put on an absolute clinic. You know, we had Nikki Cross, you know, doing the helicopter ladder spot, you know, her kind of two-faced kind of psycho-y gimmick has been really coming out lately with a, you know, a little bit of two-face in there maybe, you know, she's, you know, mild-mannered Clark Kent, you know, backstage talking to Alexa and then flip of a switch, she's a complete psycho bitch. <laughs> um, so that was funny. We had Naomi who was cosplaying as uh, Bumblebee or I think something from uh Teen Titans. Uh, I got I got a little bit of a vibe from uh, oh, there was a character in Deadpool. I can't I can't think of her name. Uh, Nate, help help me out here, buddy. You mentioned it in your show. Um, you know, Naomi ran atop two elevated ladders and slid under a charging ladder and av- to avoid being sandwiched. You know, Carmelo was kayfabe injured in this match, taken out. Uh, Tended to by multiple trainers before, you know, gingerly walking her way to the back. And immediately I got um, uh, Lana vibes from Royal Rumble this past year. And I'm thinking, okay, is someone going to come, someone else going to come out here? Uh, No, we got that kind of screwy finish in the main event and I'll, I'll get to it. So we got, you know, Bailey. Uh, standing under a ladder, she was sandwiched in it. Naomi did a split leg moonsault. Uh, Nikki Cross came in with a spear on Natalia. Moon hit. Uh, Moon hit a nice code breaker on Naomi. <clears throat> you know, Cross hit that um, draping elevated uh, neck breaker that uh, I think it was like Bo Dallas used to do. Uh, and we had just this sick spot in the match where. Ember Moon hit the eclipse off the ladder that was on the outside of the ring into the ring to eliminate Natalia. And we had, you know, Mandy Rose hit the fairy tale ending onto a ladder. Uh, then Car, you know, Carmella gets gets taken out. Sonia Deville pulls Carmella off the ladder when she was trying to center it and climb it. And then Sonia placed Rose on her shoulders and climbed up to the top so they could grab it with ease. And oh boy, this is Rhino Edge and Christian vibes right here. However, Bailey sprang up to the ladder, pushed them both down to a massive ovation. A crowd anticipating Bailey grabbing that briefcase and is Miss Money in the Bank. Bang on, crash TV, Fan- fantastic match by these ladies. You know, I know they say, some are saying that Carmella is, is it Carmella that people are accusing of being unsafe? I thought she looked okay in this match. All of these high spots, like especially that friggin' eclipse, and it's like the camera angle almost blew it, almost missed it, and... Phenomenal. I mean, I'm I'm satisfied with Bailey as a winner here. You know, I initially picked predicted Mandy, you know, because she's you know young and up and coming star. I think someone who's going to be 
a force in in the women's division, you know, especially when her and Sonia Deville uh, break up and start feuding because that's it's it's going to happen. You know, you know, Bailey, I think she's long overdue for a reset, you know, may maybe a heel turn. I don't know what a heel Bailey would look like. You know, it would be like the her coming out and then doing the wave and then the inflatable wacky and wavy inflatable flailing arm tube men start waving and she starts to stab them and then goes dark and goth and that would be hot. I mean, that'd be awesome. I mean, that'd be hot. <clears throat> Next up, oh boy. United States Championship, Rey Mysterio against the champion Samoa Joe. This match was over in like two minutes. Just like their WrestleMania 35 match where Joe choked out Ray in under a minute. There was an absolute botch of a spot where Mysterio countered a powerbomb into a Hearn Karana or a pinning position. But Samoa Joe's left shoulder was clearly up the entire time. And I got like, this reminded me of um, Sting and Jeff Hardy from Victory Road. I apologize for bringing that up. No disrespect to Jeff Hardy, but when he was in no shape to compete, and then they had to get the title off of him somehow, screw jobby finish. It almost reminded me of this, but I know that both of these guys are clean. You know, we had Dominic come out and celebrate with Mysterio. Uh, it looks like they're trying to get, you know, the I'm your papi kind of gimmick here, but you know, Eddie's been dead for 15 years, and this it the, the feud ended. Rey Mysterio had custody. I don't know if they had, like, a DNA test because, well, unfortunately, it just you know, Eddie's death was a couple of months after that match. Uh, so they never really found out. And honestly, looking at Dominic, he looks a lot more like Walter. <laughs> so if Walter's the dad, Ray, uh, for the love of your chest and your, um, what's that thing? Life. Just steer clear of Walter because he would chop that chest tattoo clean off. So, Joe losing the title, this one pissed me off. I love Ray to death. I've been a fan of his since day one-ish. This really does nothing, you know, unless this title is going to go and elevate someone else on Raw, but who is on Monday Night Raw that could use a mid-card title, you know, especially now that we have another undercard title that I'm going to get into. Um... I am intrigued to see how Dominic is going to get into this because, you know, allegedly he is training to be a pro wrestler. Uh, maybe there'd be some kind of heel turn in here, uh, which I'd honestly be be cool seeing. It'd be it'd be interesting TV. Going up next, we had another dud: Shane McMahon and The Miz in a steel cage match. Honestly, I I went into the other room and watched uh, the Toronto Raptors game. Um, oh, by the way, hi Justin. Go Raptors, go. Um, yeah, this I was paying more attention to to the basketball game, you know, because Toronto Raptors are in the Eastern Finals again, <clears throat> and they're against you know the powerhouse in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks. So 
I just went in and watched that and then came in back and forth here. We had this teased skull crushing finale from the top of the cage, which I would have loved to see. I mean, I don't like either of these guys. If you've been listening to me, it's apparent that I don't like the Miz or Shane McMahon. So this match was a massive waste of my time um, that I saw. We almost saw a superplex off the cage, but McMahon kind of lucked himself into a victory by slipping out of his shirt onto the floor. And apparently this feud is going to go on. Oh, great. Next here we had what a lot of people treated as the bathroom break match. And honestly, why? It's just so insulting. It's the Cruiserweight title match. We had Tony Nese defending against Arya Davari, who was coming out in a car. So I thought, hey, this is original. This This reminds me of somebody. You know, uh, a ethnic person coming out in a car. What does that remind me of? Hmm. You know, I can't think of it. That's an original concept. Davari, you are a genius. Very good job. So this match could have been on the kickoff, but they decided to put it in the main card. And this was right during the end of the Game of Thrones finale. Spoiler alert, things happen in Game of Thrones. Um, So they put on a great match in front of an uninterested crowd. We had Nice hitting a corkscrew over the the top rope, followed by the 450 splash. Couldn't get the fall. Uh, Davari hit the... uh, the Rainmaker, what looked like the Rainmaker, you know, the Hammerlock Lariat. Very, very effective. Very good-looking finisher. Davari is, you know what, that, I'll, I'll give him credit. You know, Arya Davari, I haven't seen much of him since the Cruiserweight Classic. You know, did over Tony Nese, because I don't watch a lot of 205 Live. But they put on a better match than the crowd gave them credit for. That was friggin' phenomenal. We had... You know, kicked out from the Hammerlock Lariat, which is Davari's finisher. And then Tony won with the running Nice into the corner. Now, Tony Nice needs a new finisher. And he has to call it Nice's Pieces. Imagine the sponsorship money. Come on, guys. It's right there. And now we have, you know, Braun Strowman. Sami Zayn is hiding from Braun Strowman. Blah, 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 blah. Braun Strowman thrown out of the match. Sami Zayn is like hung upside down. Braun is accused. It's not him. Uh, Bans him from the arena. Blah, blah, blah. So Sami Zayn, who was just inserted into the Money in the Bank match last week, is out. What the shit was that? Oh, I'll tell you what the shit that was, Fretz. Just you wait. Can you tell I'm salty? Can you tell I'm grouchy? Uh, Raw Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch against against Lacey Evans, the Southern Belle. Oh, Lord, you nasties. So the crowd was absolutely hot for Becky Lynch, who had, you know, a large amount of the offense. Evans escapes the disarmor, but grabbing the bottom rope. We had, you know, Evans taking out Lynch's leg and attempted to roll them up. 
but the referee refused to count as Lynch's shoulders were not down. Huh. Okay. So where was this referee during the U.S. title match, hmm? And then, you know, Lynch gets the disarmer back in, and Lacey Evans taps out. Very confusing, you know, considering the aforementioned Joe Mysterio match. This was okay at best. I mean, Lacey is still young in the business. She's good. You know, she has that heat magnet of a gimmick. And her accent is faker than Lana's Russian accent. Dosvidanya. And now, speaking of things that are fake, Charlotte Flair comes out for her SmackDown Women's Championship match and defeats Becky Lynch rather quickly thanks to a behind-the-referees-back women's right by the seven bell. Uh, and then, you know, she uh, Charlotte comes out and does a running pump kick to, to Becky to win the SmackDown Women's title. And then they two-on-one Becky Lynch. The crowd is chanting for Bailey. Bailey comes out cashes in her money in the bank on Charlotte, hits the Macho Man flying elbow, and is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. A plus. I mean that was great. You know, Bailey finally is getting that the the pops again. Maybe she'll have a little bit of a career renaissance, kind of like how you know Becky Lynch did last year. With a little bit of tweaks to Bailey's character, they can absolutely do it. I'm I'm all for it. I I'm on Team Bailey. You know, although I kind of wanted, as I said, Mandy Rose to win, this is okay. And it's also Charlotte without gold. <laughs> so anytime that happens, perfect. And this could also be a really good feud, you know, on SmackDown from now on. Maybe Becky stays on Monday Night Raw. And this wildcard gimmick kind of goes by the wayside. And now Roman Reigns and Elias. And yeah, so there was a guitar shot backstage. Elias comes out and just starts insulting the crowd. He makes a reference to the Hartford Whalers, which, you know, they haven't been a thing for about 21, 22 years. Uh, if you're an NHL fan like I am, you know that the Hartford Whalers moved to Carolina, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, the bunch of jerks uh, who were just in the Eastern Conference Finals and unfortunately knocked out by my mortal enemies, the Boston Bruins. Yes, I'm still bitter. They beat the Leafs in seven games again. Fuck you, Boston. <clears throat> so, Spear, one, two, three. Okay. Now, you all know, all two of you know that Elias is one of my absolute favorites. However, I am also a recent convert into Roman Reigns fandom. This wasn't good for either of them. I mean, Roman is starting to get some of that soured crowd reaction. Yes, he kicked Cancer's ass. Yes, he is in remission. Yes, Joe is back. It's like this this booking, man, it's it's gonna bite him. Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. This this was the last match that I watched before uh, going into work. This was an absolute clinic. You know, I was all 
Also, I was paying a bit of attention because the Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee Bucks were going into overtime, and I was starting to tweet out my fears to Justin, WWE NXT guy, by the which, by the way, you should follow him on Twitter and follow his YouTube channel. He is a fantastic guy, but unfortunately, you're a Bucks fan, but you live in Milwaukee, so partial credit, Justin, you're an awesome guy. Uh, Thank you very much, man. Uh, Go Raptors, and good luck. (laughs) So these two just had a largely technical match with back and forth. We had the revolution knee into a neck breaker. We had the buckle bomb, the frog splash. We had this really wicked spot where I think the stomp, was it the stomp that was countered into the Styles Clash? You know, as I said, I I missed some of this match. The phenomenal forearm into the knee. We had super kick and the stomp. We had, you know, the stomp again. And, you know, Seth Rollins retains. And there's a hesitated uh, sportsmanship at the end of the match. I smell an AJ Styles heel turn. And with the club back on Monday Night Raw, just one more run with the club before Gallows and Anderson leave and probably go to AEW. Just come on. Apparently, Lars Sullivan destroyed the Lucha Party and Lars Sullivan got a massive gash on his head. Okay, what was the point of that? Um, Yeah, you're coming out to destroy jobbers. Yeah, this is Ryback all over again. Oh, and Lars Sullivan. I'm, I'm not touching that, I mean... Yeah, he said a lot of stuff in the past. Yeah, he apologized, but let's just let's just move on. And now the next two matches I didn't see, so I'm just going to be basically reading off of uh, a results page here and just and then going into some brief uh, other news. Uh, Kofi Kingston against Kevin Owens for the WWE Championship. You know, Kingston he was getting aggressive from the start. Utilizing his power in high flying maneuvers. You know, Kevin Owens has a senton and a frog splash from the ring apron to the ringside area. Ouch. Uh, we see a double stomp on the apron. You know, Kevin Owens countered in something into a super kick. The SOS was a near fall. And Owens nearly made Kingston tap out after. Reversing a Trouble in Paradise into a Boston Crab. You know, Owens uh, used the pop-up powerbomb, I think, for the first time in a while. Uh, and that was, you know, a very, very close to recount. Uh, Kingston countered Owens' uh, Stone Cold Stunner into the Trouble in Paradise, but Owens was knocked out of the ring. It's not very effective. You know, back inside, Owen hits the stunner, but Kingston grabbed the second rope. Uh Frustrated, Kevin Owens uh, starts to rip off Kingston's shoes and attempt the, um, you know, the cannonball somersault senton. But Kingston got his knees up, hits the trouble in paradise, and retains. Who throws a shoe, honestly? Now, apparently this match was really hot. It was really good. The crowd was absolutely on fire. Uh, Owens winning would have been fine. I would have been fine with that, you know, especially as a Canadian. Uh, but it was not to be. Um, I hope to see more of this. And now I'm just going to take a quick non-commercial commercial break and get into some red-hot takes 
and rants about the main event. Stay tuned. It's time for your main event. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match with Finn Balor, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, Randy Orton, Andrade Cien Almas, and Mustafa Ali. And now, oh, is someone going to replace Sami Zayn? No. All right. Seven-person ladder match it is. Now, I managed to catch a little bit of a uh, highlight package of this main event because, you know, as I said, I was at work during during this point in time. Uh, Orton just threw Ricochet and Balor onto the table with that, you know, suplex spot that almost killed the, uh, the Singh brothers. Uh, the heels, all the heels are in the ring, taking the upper hand, throwing Ricochet and Ali to and fro in between a whole bunch of propped up ladders. And my fused spine is starting to tingle. <clears throat> you know, Balor almost grabbed, grabbed the briefcase, but Andrade used another ladder to poke him from the top and just, you know, sent him flying. Both men made their way back to the top, but Andrade hit an amazing Eddie Guerrero-esque sunset flip powerbomb over the ladder onto another propped-up ladder, sending Balor back first into the steel. And now my fused spine is on fire. Ladders are set up, one next to the other. Ali hit Andrade with a Spanish fly off of the middle of the rungs. Holy shit. (laughs) This is fast-paced action. You know, Baron Corbin having McIntyre's back, you know, because, hey, last week it took three people to defeat um, Braun Strowman. Uh, But then, of course, after Ali gets chokeslammed through a table, Corbin turns on McIntyre, throwing him over the barricade. McIntyre repaid that with a Claymore on the outside. Corbin slams Balor onto a tented ladder and then caught Ricochet with a deep six at the ringside. Ouch. McIntyre suplexes Balor onto a ladder, throws Andrade on top of him via slingshot. You know, Ricochet managed to uh, try and get in, but Drew is just outpowering him, threw him out of the ring, crashing through a later that was propped up between the apron and the announce table. Yeah, that's an ouch. Uh, Orton enters the ring and pulls McIntyre off of the top of the ladder with an amazing RKO. Corbin took out Orton after that. Ali jumps on Corbin's back as he was climbing up the ladder, dumped him off. Ali was just about to grab the briefcase. He had his hand on it. Why didn't you unhook it? Suddenly, Brock Lesnar's music hit. Do I have to? Do I have to? So, oh, I guess there was an open spot in this match, and he comes out at the end after seven incredible athletes bust their ass and to have this happen. Uh, Brock Lesnar disposes Ali of Ali 
climbs the briefcase and wins the ladder match. Excuse me. And a glass of white wine. Are you bleeping yourself? You bet your voice and little I am. Right Thanks, Deadpool. I needed to uh, get rid of a few bleeps there. <clears throat> what the shit was that finish? That was WCW in 2000 levels of bad. That was TNA Monday Night Wars level of bad. A relatively good pay-per-view card. The event itself was was okay. But to have that finish pisses on everything. It pisses on the seven men who put on an incredible match only to have this part-time shitwad come out at the end, steal their thunder, and win the briefcase. Oh, and I thought that the briefcase this year was going to build someone up. Duh, man. I... I, I, this took this finish took about three grades off the pay per view itself. It's a C. It it completely soured the whole thing. If you're in our uh, Patreon chats with Kings of the Rings, uh, we were all salty as hell about this. I'm I'm still pissed. Uh, unless if Brock is going to be back full-time, and not just appear like three times a year like he did before, maybe. And then maybe we get an angle down the line where he, I don't know, Matt Riddle retires him. Riddle, bro, please. <sighs> so, now I'm just going to get right into some uh, Monday Night Raw stuff. I'm not going to recap everything on Raw because I was drifting in and out of this show as well, because I'm, I'm still getting my body on, you know, uh, night shift, uh, scheduling and on a, on days off, which are usually Mondays. It's, it's tough. So we had, of course we had, um, beastie in the bank come out gloating, grabbing the briefcase. Like it's uh, like it's a boom box or some shit. Um, Okay, blah blah blah. Uh, talking about oh the beast da, 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 da. makes allusions to you know Becky Lynch and blah blah blah. Yeah, I I didn't even see this part. I didn't even want to see this part, but I was on the I was on the road coming back from a family visit. So yeah, no, and I managed to get home just in time for Braun Strowman to destroy Sami Zayn. Oh, next. Uh, Lars Sullivan, nope. Okay, here's something that I thought was really good for Monday Night Raw, and that was Cesaro versus Ricochet. Now, these are two incredible in-ring performers. You know, Ricochet, of course, was selling his uh, injuries and maladies from Money in the Bank because, of course, look at the abuse he took. And Cesaro just, you know, got all the momentum. He won with the Gotch Neutralizer. Like, Cesaro won a TV match? Oh, and he finally has a new a new entrance theme. I don't know why he didn't go back to his uh, kind of theme, but 
this is okay. And I think Cesaro can finally get a, a push. Finally. Uh, you know, Baron Corbin is uh, provoking AJ Styles. Roman Reigns and Shane McMahon is happening at the Blood Money show. Why? Why is this a thing? We had the revival against the Usos. Finally, in a match that doesn't involve childish gimmicks like, you know, body hair jokes. Like, icy hot in the trunks. Like, juvenile junior school pranks. These two put on an absolute tag team clinic. And this, this should be what tag team wrestling is. This should be the tag team division from here on after. The Revival get a little bit of retribution. Although you had, you know, a little bit of handful of tights. Still, we had, you know, all the classic 80s tag team finishers like the Demolition Decapitation. I don't think the Shatter Machine was ever hit. We had, you know, double super kicks, everything. These these two teams put the titles on the line between these two teams and we got one hell of a feud. And next, my personal favorite thing on Monday Night Raw as of late is the Firefly Funhouse. Now this was only about a minute a minute and a half long, but this looked like a um a travel package kind of uh, vignette about, you know, throw your cares away at the Firefly Funhouse. And in a second it went dark. Like really dark. You know, with all these happy children playing, uh, turning dark and scary, and the kids become stoic, and, you know, let me in is written on their foreheads. And, you know, that kind of reminds me of Al Snow with help me written on his forehead. And we see, you know, the um, the Tom Savini version of Bray Wyatt shown, uh, hauntingly pushing the kids to let him in. I can't wait for the payoff. I mean, I was kind of hoping Bray Wyatt would appear at Money in the Bank. But if this is going to be a slow burn, I am all for it. And it could also be close to the seventh anniversary of his um, main roster debut. Because I think it was 2012 or 2013. I can't remember which one. When he had the Inferno match. But don't call it an Inferno match against Kane. I really can't wait. Now we had... um, your friendly neighborhood mild-mannered Nikki Cross on the uh, on the moment of bliss. Becky Lynch and the Iconics and Lacey Evans all get involved, and of course, this is going to be a six-man, six-woman match. But Alexa Bliss is just riding, wandering around wingside, drinking her coffee. I mean, I just, yeah, I just finished my coffee. So, what's your excuse, Alexa? Get in there. And now. The 24-7 championship. (sighs) Okay, I loved the hardcore title. I loved the 24-7 rule. Crash Holly, rest in peace. That was one of my highlights of of wrestling when when I was in high school. But this was just... I I don't know. I mean, first, like, Matthew is going to have a field day with this on Botchamania because... Even before Mick Foley revealed the title, there was a piece of it poking out. So we saw that it was green, and we thought, and some fans like me, I thought, like, is this going to be some kind of Saudi championship? 
you know, like that Christmassy looking title that Braun quote unquote won at the greatest Royal Rumble last year. And I was like, let's make Monday Night Raw great. Let's mon- let's make Monday Night's Raw again. Oh God, no. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not saying his name. I'm not. No, I'm not saying the President Trump's name. Shit. <sighs> so he unveils this title. And it gets booed. Is it's ugly. Like this is like this was like something like my four-year-old nephew would would do in universe mode. No offense, no offense, but it's like th- this is the work of a small child. This this title, like this is like okay, universe mode, WWE 2K. I'm gonna whip together this new title quick, click. And now, much like the old hardcore title, it can be defended anywhere, anytime. On all brands, from Raw to SmackDown to NXT to NXT UK to 205 Live, anyone and everyone is eligible. Now, are fans eligible? Because I'd like to be a former WWE title holder. It was my dream in high school. Mick, Mick, can you answer that for me, please? So... He then just laid down the title in the middle of the ring and said that there would be a scramble to determine the first 24-7 champion. And I thought, oh my gosh, a scramble match? Remember those folks? I think it was like at Bragging Rights or Great American Bash, whatever pay-per-view it was, you know, the five-person scramble match. That was a fun concept. Let's just go, oh, it's a literal scramble. It's a literal scramble for... uh all the wrestlers running out to the ring to try and grab it and walk away. So after a lot of pratfalls and comedy, or badly timed comedy, uh, Titus O'Neil, quote-unquote, wins his uh, championship and then is quickly outsmarted by Bobby Roode and then later backstage R-Truth, who then said, I'm going to bring this European championship to SmackDown Live. Okay, that was funny. That was funny. Now, I am intrigued to see how where this goes. They said that you know Mick Foley was saying you know the third hour is going to be dedicated to stuff like this. So, you know the third hour is not only is going to have your main events, it's going to have time dedicated to this. You know what I'm going to get for once? I'm going to give this a chance. I mean, it's silly. The belt's ugly. But this is giving me nostalgia. And that, I think that was the, kind of the point of this. So let's let's see how this happens. I would like I would like to see this maybe make an appearance at a takeover or a UK taping or something. But you know, this was a way to get some of the lower to mid-card folks who should actually have a spot. Like, you know, like Robert Rude should be in the title picture. Eric Young, Eric Young! Look, you got two members of Team Canada, Eric Young and Bobby Roode. And there you go. You can have another heel tag team. Come on, do it. And, you know, that's all I'm going to say about Monday Night Raw before I start getting into a bit of a rage. And also because I actually fell asleep during during this part. So they're starting to plug Blood Money. I mean, showdown. I mean, Blood Money event. 
And it's actually in a couple of weeks. It's actually the weekend I'm going to be at Niagara Falls Comic Con. So if you're there, please, you know, send me a DM on Twitter or a DM on Facebook and I'll meet up with you. I'll buy you a beer or if beer is not your thing, I'll buy you a coffee and we can go and talk comic books and wrestling and whatnot. Some of the guests I'm going to be meeting there include, you know, Sergeant Slaughter, Road Warrior Animal, Christopher Lloyd, uh, possibly Billy D. Williams. Um, there is going to be some, you know, actors from the office there that Meredith Creed and um, Oscar from the office are going to be there. So they're going to have like an office reunion. Um, definitely going to get into that. Buy a bunch of comic books and hang out with uh, with some friends. So if you're going to be there, yeah, hit me up. And now quickly, because I'm actually going to be predicting this event with Nate the Effing Great on the Game Changer podcast uh, later this week. I just want to touch in briefly on All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing. Now, this is their first, you know, actually first event quote-unquote, because, well, does All-In count? I'd say yes, because, well, All-In was, that was a hell of an event. Uh, now, apparently for AEW, uh, the match between Pac and Hangman Page is not happening. Uh, creative differences with with uh, Pac, you know, a.k.a. Neville. So, unfortunately, we don't see him. You know, this is a match I was really uh, looking forward to, uh, I haven't seen too much of Hangman Page and actually too much of a lot of the wrestlers I'm going to be mentioning here. But what I saw from him in that, uh, I think it was a street fight against Joey Janela. And then after the match, you know, Joey Ryan comes out with the, uh, the cock druids. I, I like Hangman Page and Hey, he's bullet club. So I'm, I'm all in <laughs> pun intended. I did not actually mean that my sleep deprived body. I have to go back to bed. So, I'm not going to predict this because Nate and I are going to be talking about it, but I want to run down the card. We got the Young Bucks against the Lucha Bros for the AAA World Tag Team Championship. The long-awaited rematch between Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. Brother versus brother, Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. Like, why didn't this happen in WWE? Uh, they could have ran, ran with this. We had SCU versus... Seema, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. And unfortunately, it's not T-Hawk from Super Street Fighter 2. We have the best friends who are, you know, Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero going up against Angelico and Jack Evans. Now, there's a match I actually haven't heard in a while. Uh, last time I saw Jack Evans was a scramble cage match in Ring of Honor, I think in like 2004. You know, that was that infamous one that Teddy Hart kept doing double moonsaults off of and throwing up and shit. We have a women's match with Dr. Britt Baker, wife of Adam Cole, baby, versus Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose. I have never heard of Kylie Ray or Nyla Rose, but of course I saw Britt Baker at All In. I'm excited to see how the women's division shape up, especially with this next match featuring, you know, Japanese legend Aja Kong. As we know, she made an appearance at Survivor Series 1995, absolutely destroying Alondra Blaze. And Aja Kong is going to be tagging with names I'm going to butcher. Yuka Sakakazi, Emi Sakura, going up against Hikiru Shida, Ryo, and Ryo Mizunami. Uh, 
I butchered all these names. The only one I've actually heard of is Aja Kong, and she is a beast. And then the buy-in, which I guess is the pre-show, we have Sammy Goreva against Clip Sabian. I don't know who any of these two are. And the Casino Royale. I mean, Casino Battle Royale. And we have, you know, apparently a title shot on the line. Uh, they call it the Lucky 21. So this is kind of a 21-member Raw Rumble match. Uh, so it's got, you know, five competitors beginning the match with five more being added into the mix in three-minute intervals. The 21st entrant, the Lucky 21, will enter last. And apparently we have some uh, confirmed entrants, including Sonny Kiss, Brandon Cutler, Ace Romero, Glacier. Yes, you read that right. That Glacier. Brian Pillman Jr., Sunny Days, my personal favorite, MJF, Joey Janela, Dustin Thomas. A lot of names I'm not actually familiar with, but that's besides the point. So that is going to be taking place this Saturday. I will not be watching live because I will be working. However, I'm going to catch a replay of the show and hopefully watch it, you know, actually maybe this time next week. And then you will uh, hear from me about it in the coming weeks and months. And I'm just going to touch in on uh, life update. You know, um, as I said, I've, I've mentioned this before. It's going to be an underlying theme, but at my at my work, a grocery store, which is three doors down from me, it's actually um, my, my it's a family business. My my family runs the store and I'm helping them out by being on on the night shift. And that means I'm going in to work when the store closes to work overnight until it opens the next day. That also entails a broken sleeping pattern and social <laughs> pattern. So as we get into July and August, my upload schedule is going to be a lot more sporadic. I'll try to do, you know, one, if I can't do once a week, which is actually probably going to be the case, maybe I'll do one every other week or maybe for the summer, just do like one or two a month. And then as soon as we get into the fall and um, normal working times, it'll be a bit more uh, consistent. You know, I want to get into some retro themes. I still want to do my backlash prediction. I didn't get to do last month because of my, my shift switch. Uh, there's a couple more um, themes I want to get into as well. Uh, like re retro themes here. So yeah. I'll take one more commercial break and we will finish off. 